I have been wanting a paddleboard for years and I finally got one from Bluefin Sup. And let me tell you, I absolutely love it because I can stand on it and look down in the water and see the fish, see sharks and, and stingrays and turtles. It's, it's absolutely amazing. I've taken it out dozens of times since I gotten it. And what I love about Bluefin is they offered a huge selection. I went with the Bluefin Cruise 12, but they've got bigger boards, smaller boards from for juniors all the way up to um, season ocean tours. And what's cool, it's a family-run business based in the UK, but they ship nationwide. When I placed the order, it was here within a matter of days, like four or five days, it was at my front door. Um, it all packs down into a backpack. I can store it inside my vehicle, um, inflate it in five or six minutes. Doesn't take that much time. And what one of the coolest things about it is, it's almost completely replaced my kayak because a kayak seat is attachable to it. So when I need to take a break and want to sit down on the board, I have a seat ready to go. It's it's amazing. So if you're looking for a paddleboard, I can't recommend Bluefin enough. And by the way, they are having a Black Friday sale for $150 off at bluefinsupboards.com. That's bluefin, S-U-P, boards.com. And there is a link in the show notes to check it out. So thank you for the folks over at Bluefin for, uh, for sponsoring this episode. And I, I just have just kind of come to the realization that like, if I'm ever going to get to experience all these things, I need to create a framework, you know, in terms of how I approach my life. Hey folks, welcome to the Adventure Sports Podcast. I'm your host, Mason Gravely. Um, today, we're talking to Mike Chambers from Beat Monday. He has been a long-requested guest. I remember somebody asking about getting Mike on the show like a few years ago, and so I'm sorry it took this long, but um, just saw the opportunity, was able to connect with Mike and said, hey, we've got to get you on the show because what Mike does, it's so cool. He and his uh, adventure partner, Jason, fit amazing adventures into true weekends and a true weekend being literally after 5 p.m. on Friday all the way until 9 a.m. on Monday morning. They can fit in some incredible stuff in those, what, 64 hours? Uh, Literally international trips, climbing bucket list mountains like Mount Rainier, Mount Whitney, you know, like I said, going international, climbing some of the biggest mountains in South America, um, all in a weekend where they can literally close the laptop, end a call at 5 p.m. on Friday, get all the travel done, all the driving, whatever it takes, do the adventure, and get back home for meetings on on Monday. Now, Monday's not going to be pretty because they're going to be pretty tired, but Think of the answer you have when someone says, hey, what'd you do this weekend? <laughs> so so Mike's show, Mike and Jason have a show called um, Beat Monday on Outside TV. It's free online. You can check it out. You can you can look it up on YouTube as well. But they've got about 12 episodes, another season coming out. And uh, yeah, watch them all, learn from it, and really start thinking about what you can do in a true weekend. It's pretty amazing. 
And also right at the end, Mike talks about uh, rapid fire questions. You know, we, we th- this episode, just so you know, is from my other show, Without Compromise. Um, and Mike answers about five or six rapid fire questions over on that episode. So if you want to hear those answers, we end right before we jump into those rapid fire questions. So go over on, on to Without Compromise to hear those. Uh, again, that podcast is called Without Compromise. It's brought to you by Athletic Brewing, who I work for. Um, so. Yeah, I hope this inspires you to beat whatever your Monday is. All right, let's jump in. I, I want to go back kind of where you, where you grew up and what you were doing. Were you always kind of an adventurous person? Where, where did this start for you? Yeah, thanks, Mason. Well, first off, thanks so much for having me. You know, I think my folks were pretty adventurous people for the most part, not not to the extreme that I think I've taken it, but I uh, grew up in New England. My dad was uh, worked in the fishing industry. My mom was a dentist and we spent our summers out on the water or on the beach surfing and, and our winters uh, up in New Hampshire, Vermont, skiing as much as possible. Uh, my folks actually met uh, in the 70s in Snake River, Idaho on a, on a ski trip. So they they sort of kind of had the adventure bug and, and passed that on to us. Although, you know, by the time they had kids, their desire to, to, you know, push the boundaries, I think was certainly subsiding. You know, I think I've always just, you know, really loved the outdoors and, and loved adventure as, as, a, as a tool for discovering, you know, what I'm capable of and, and learning more about myself and meeting really interesting people. And, and um, you know, it wasn't really until after I graduated from college that I that I started to uh, more seriously sort of pursue it as 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 an everyday part of my life. And I, and I know that came about because of a chance encounter uh, with Jason. Do, do you mind telling the story of where you guys started seeing the potential to fit in a pretty massive adventure in a pretty short amount of time? Yeah, for sure. So, all right. A lot of people don't know this, but Jason and I went to college together. He was a senior when I was a freshman. Um, and I had kind of an interesting, you know, experience going into college. I, I, in high school, I was a football player and lacrosse player and went to, to college to play both sports, but had a, a pretty serious neck injury um, yeah, that prevented me from playing any contact sports. So I kind of went into college uh a little listless, like, you know, I had sports as sort of that anchor for me for a long time. Um, but naturally just sort of found my home with, with the football team. And Jason was the captain of the football team. And, uh, we hung out a little bit in school, um, but it really was after school, after college that our friendship and partnership in the outdoors really started to blossom. Jason had been doing a lot of climbing. I had been doing a lot of ultra running and mountaineering. And, uh, we kind of linked up, started linking up for adventures together. And that, that sort of kicked everything off. Um, we were fortunate to do a lot of really fun things together in the time that we were both living on the East coast, but Jason moved out to Colorado, uh, you know, shortly after and life took on its own sort of, uh, journey for me. I was, uh, my wife and I were, were, uh, starting an organization out in Kenya. I was sort of pursuing some, you know, uh, mountaineering objectives. And it was like around 2015, 2016, uh, where, uh, Jason and I kind of checked in with one another. I mean, we'd obviously seen each other, you know, throughout through, over the years, but we checked in and we were like, you know, how's it going? How, how are you doing? You know, we're both working full-time jobs. We're both, you know, settling into relationships and, and, you know, just like checked in with each other to see, you know, how we were feeling 
uh, about just life and whether or not we were accomplishing the goals that, you know, we had set out uh, as sort of adventurers and climbers and runners. And I think we both kind of left that conversation feeling like we were sort of falling into this trap of allowing time to be an excuse for why we weren't, you know, pursuing our passions. At the time I was, I was uh, launching an organization down in Haiti. I was, you know, back and forth on an airplane uh, for, you know, for several years. Jason was, was working for a tech startup and, and, you know, we were, we were not living our most adventurous lives. And, and honestly, like really for no reason. I mean, obviously we had, we had busy schedules, but I think we were just allowing ourselves to kind of, to get a little bit complacent. So we said on that phone call, you know, and, I, and, and I, this is like, you know, this is kind of how it all happened. We were like, all right, let's pick a date for a couple of weeks out. We're going to go climb and ski Rainier in a day. Uh, me, me coming from Boston, Jason coming from Denver. And um, we, we scheduled the trip and we were like, all right, like true weekend, because I have meetings on Monday, you know, meetings on Friday. Like we, we really have to do this in a true weekend. Uh, so we flew out and we had perfect weather on Rainier. It was our, both of our first times on that mountain and uh, climbed and skied, uh, skied the entire Emmons Glacier, you know, almost all the way down to the trailhead. And it ended, it was just one of those adventures where just everything clicks, but it just felt so kind of real and raw. And like, you know, we, we, we had no idea what was going to happen going into it. We knew that there was a high chance of failure, but the, you know, in the added time component of like having to make it happen in this, you know, confined time period, uh, was really fun and really compelling. And we left that trip, like we got to do more of these. And so that really sort of kickstarted the whole Beat Monday project. We did another one down in Mexico uh, shortly afterwards on Orizaba. And then, uh, you know, was able to, you know, get some sponsorship for the series and and partner up with Outside. And that's that's kind of how it all started. You mentioned time constraint being almost this added fun element to it. You know, we talk to so many people who who do adventures that take months or even years sometimes, or you know, at least weeks. Um, and we and we feel like I, I can totally relate that. It's like, well, I don't have that right now, and I don't know when I will. What did it show you? What was possible with that Mount Rainier trip? And by the way, how did it go? Was it successful? We had an incredible trip. We climbed, we summited, and skied. You know, we had a we had like perfect skiing conditions all the way down. We couldn't have asked for better weather. I mean, it was, it was really, it was an incredibly memorable trip. I think for, you know, what I did, you know, at the time, I think Jason probably the same was we really just like took a step back and analyzed our calendars and analyzed like how we were spending our time. And I think it's really valuable for, for everyone to do that at some point in their life, or at least periodically to just just like, you know, we all feel busy all the time. There's a million things pulling us in different directions. Um, but when you really take a step back and like look at how you're spending your time, there's all sorts of ways in which you can be more efficient with it. Um, obviously, you know, beating Monday is not something you want to do all the time. It's exhausting and hard. And, and you know, the time element's fun, but it's also sometimes fun to just go with no time element and just go have fun. Um but I think for me, it was it was uh, really being honest with myself when I looked at how I was spending my time over the weekends. You know, I'd, I'd be, uh, you know, waking up maybe a little later and sort of moseying around and kind of next thing you know, you know, I would maybe go for a run towards the end of the day on Saturday, then like kind of go out. And then Sunday, I'm just like, you know, maybe mentally preparing myself for the week. You know, I think uh rest is important and it's important to allow yourself to have those, those, you know, weekends where you just relax. But 
in general, like I think we could all just be a little more, uh, if we were all a little more structured with our time, I think we would all move towards our goals a lot, a lot more smoothly. And I think that was kind of the insight that, that Jason and I gained toward, you know, from that and from this whole, this whole Beat Monday project. And I think for both Jason and I, uh, it's really bled over into all aspects of our life. So, you know, we still go and do trips that are, you know, a couple weeks long or, you know, from time to time, obviously less, more and more so now that, you know, our families are growing. But in general, like, I think I've really taken this concept of like balance to the extreme in all aspects of my life. Like, I really, I really try and show up for like, you know, the top three or four things that are most meaningful to me you know, on, on the course of a week and, and really make an honest effort uh, with myself to, to do the best I can. And for me, that's, you know, my family first, my career and, and my passions and my, and my passions happen to be, you know, pushing myself in the, myself in the outdoors. And, and so I really, really make a concerted effort to, to really just try and be as disciplined as possible and, and make sure that I'm paying attention to all those things. I can imagine coming in Monday morning, having done some of those things, you, you feel quite a bit of pride or quite a bit of a sense of accomplishment versus, um, you know, maybe just kind of letting, letting go of the weekend and not doing a whole lot. What were some of the biggest ways you were maybe either wasting time or not wasting time or just thinking differently um, that you noticed in your own life or that you notice in others? Yeah. Well, first off, I will say that Monday mornings are really hard. After Monday. <laughs> I was gonna uh, say. We're not necessarily the most effective at work on Mondays, but you know, that after that first trip, I had a meeting with the, the uh, executive director of this big organization that we were partnering with. And it was at nine 30 and I landed in Logan airport at eight, eight. And I had to basically just get ready in the airport and I smelled horrible. It was like, I was so disheveled. I took a red eye back from Seattle and uh, I got into the meeting and like, instead of trying to pretend like, you know, I, I could like pull it off. I, I was just like brutally transparent with him and told him what I did that weekend. And he, he loved it. I thought, you know, in some, in some cases, like, you know, you, you kind of worry about, you know, that your, your personal life bleeding into professional life and how that might potentially negatively affect it. But in this case in particular, he thought it was the coolest thing ever, but, you know, it, to answer your question about, you know, I, I think uh, we all like have the tendency to to like over glorify how busy we truly are. Um, you know, I think once you start to tell yourself that narrative that you're so busy, like you, you become like you kind of manifest your reality. Like you feel like you're busy all the time. But like when you truly take a step back and look at how you're spending your time, you realize that like, wow, like maybe you could be a, a little more efficient in like four different areas of your life. And that, if you did that, would free up so much more time to, you know, be able to pursue your, keep, keep, you know, some of your passions a part of your life. I mean, I think for Jason and I, like, we love climbing and we love the outdoors and, and we love pushing ourselves. But really, the, the message that we hope to get across with Beat Monday really extends beyond just, you know, the adventure realm. It's, it's I don't care if your uh, passions are playing instruments or podcasting or whatever it is, you know, um, it's really important that, you know, you're doing everything you can in your life to make sure that you're, you're prioritizing that. It doesn't mean that it has to be your whole life. You don't have to completely take it to the extreme like Jason and I have done with Beat Monday, but you will you will be a much more well-rounded person and a much happier person if you're truly sort of nourishing that part of your soul. And, and that's really the message that we hope to, to, to bring across with Beat Monday. 
you know, going back to Beat Monday and the actual adventures you've done, I know that it isn't, you know, so much goes into planning these weekends and making sure it fits within this this 64-hour time frame. Um, you've done, you know, bike rafting, you've done climbing, you've done mountaineering, uh, you've you've run with donkeys, uh, you've yeah. done backpacking, yeah. you've done so much. Um, wh- has there been any trip that's really stuck out to you or something that, uh, that was extra special? And, and I will say this too, you're not a necessarily an expert in, in, in a lot of these sports. You, you are learning these skills literally hours or minutes before you go and do them. Yeah. In some cases, that's the case. That's the truth. I think like Jason and I really pride ourselves on like maintaining a, a you know, a, a decent level of fitness to be able to kind of off the couch, a lot of these things. Uh, but it's worth mentioning, like we suffer hard on these missions. I mean, we're, because there's such a variety of sport, you know, uh, of sports and and things we're doing, it's really hard to train specifically for any individual one. So they all end up being a lot harder. And then of course, what I don't think comes across on camera is, you know, the, the actual filming takes a lot of time. So we may have a run that would take Jason and I 10 hours under normal circumstances, but you have at least 20 to 30% of added time uh, for filming, you know, to the weekend, which, which means that that time really just eats into our sleep ultimately. So we, we end up really sleep deprived on a lot of these trips. Um, you know, the, the, uh, the best adventure or the best beat Monday adventure, I think we kind of boiled this down uh, a little bit to a science, Jason and I, and I think there needs to be, it needs to be something new and something interesting for, for Jason and I. I think we don't really want to kind of go do the same thing over and over again. Um, there has to be an element of unknown and a chance of failure. I think those two things are, are really important. Uh, it's not an adventure if you know you can go and nail it. You need to have some sort of, you know, some sort of uh, chance of, of things going haywire. And I actually think it's a lot more interesting when things go wrong than when Jason and I just go and you know, you know, cruise through a mission. Um, so what's interesting is I actually think the, the best mission that we've ever done, uh, is probably, uh, probably one that hasn't aired yet. Uh, it, we just, we just did it a couple of weeks ago. Um, there was, there was some failure, some success, lots of adventure, lots of unknown, uh, some epicness and also like some good storytelling. Like I think, one of the things that Jason and I are really excited about as we kind of continue to evolve the concept is um, is like bringing other folks in and helping tell some of their stories. In this case, you know, uh, we were down in Mexico and we were the first uh, first, you know, folks from outside of this community uh, to go run this new trail that was just built around uh, Orizaba. There was this really uh, there's this incredible couple down in Mexico who has spent the last 10 years uh, creating this trail that circumnavigates Mexico's highest mountain um, with the goal of increasing tourism down there. Um, and we we were able to pull it off, uh, you know, despite some really uh, uh, unwelcoming circumstances. Um, but I really loved, you know, I loved learning about sort of this other person's story and 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 having this added, you know, added element to it. Uh, that's not the first time we were in Mexico. We we actually went down and, and biked from Veracruz to the summit of Orizaba back in 2017. And I will say we didn't film that one, unfortunately, but that was definitely the most memorable, uh, memorable adventure that that Jason and I have been on, you know, as a pair um, in the Beat Monday context. Like it was it had just all the elements of of what we think makes an adventure great. 
Let's take a quick message break and hear from the folks that help make this show possible. That is plenty of that for now. Let's get back into the episode. I, I was going to ask, what was so special about that that made it stick out to you? Do doing something that you've done in other places too, um, but making it the best. I think what made it the best was we had we 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 went down there with a very loosely defined plan. So I found some. Fo- uh, we had an idea. We wanted to bike from sea level to the base of Orizaba and then climb Orizaba in a weekend. And uh, we had like no idea like what the roads were like or what you know what the conditions were like, whether it was safe. Um, I managed to find someone on on uh, Facebook who could like help you know, manage some logistics for us, help us like determine a route. And uh, that was the extent of our plan. We flew down there with our bikes. We assembled our bikes at the, at the hotel that first night and started, you know, right from there. And, and um, we had like all sorts of things go wrong from like massive mechanical issues to like, like some weird run-ins with, you know, some folks at one point we, we were like on the side of a road somewhere and we had like a bunch of guys on motorbikes come up to us and it was very, uh, very nerve wracking. We had, you know, just a lot, like I took a massive spill into a tree that like really could have ended badly, but we, we managed to pull it off. Uh, we created like big scenes and supermarkets and like just, just nonstop laughter. Uh, we pushed ourselves. The bike ride was so hard. It was 130 miles with 16,000 feet of climbing, you know, it was a really, uh, you know, all the way up to Piedra Grande, which is, you know, over 14,000 feet you know, just kind of had all those elements. And then we, you know, we were able to summit the next morning and it was, it was just the perfect cap to, you know, a really, really fun adventure. And I think the more elements of unknown, like the more you open the door for, for real adventure to, to kind of come in, the better it is. And also like, I love the fact, I, I really like getting creative with some of these things. Like, you know, it's fun to go uh, climb a mountain or, you know, climb an established route or, uh, you know, run a trail, but when you can start to like link together sports and different objectives and and get creative with the way in which you're, you're, you know, doing these adventures, I think that's where the real magic lives. And that's, that's, that's how to ensure yourself, you know, you know, a, a true adventure. Gosh, that does sound awesome. Um, well, well, tell us, a, tell us a story, a quick story about maybe a, a, something you, you failed successfully, you know, it, it wasn't, you know, necessarily something that went right, but it's something you look back on. It maybe you made a good story or it's something you cherish now um, because, you know, real, adv- that's what real adventure is, is really all the failures along the way. Do you have anything that sticks out? Yeah. I mean, I, I, I have one, one thing I can think of at least, um, but it wasn't a beat Monday adventure, but it was a mission that Jason and I did or an adventure that we did to, uh, to Greenland back in 2016, we, we had, um, Jason had, you know, had his daughter Avery and I was, my wife was pregnant with my son, Max, our first, and we wanted to go do this, this one, this one kind of last trip together, you know, before my son was born. And, uh, so we went over to Greenland and, and the primary goal was to, to set the FKT on the Arctic circle trail, which is a trail that circumnavigates the or it doesn't circumnavigate, sorry, it traverses the sort of Western part of Greenland from the glacier all the way to the, to the coast. And it's in when we were doing this sort of at the, at the end of winter, it was in March. Um, so we successfully, you know, set the FKT on that trail 
And then after that, the second second mission was to go and ski some unexplored lines kind of in the middle of nowhere outside of this village called Sisumut. So we got all of our gear together. We, uh, we took a souped up Toyota Helix on snow tracks over like two mountain ranges, 50 miles from Sisumut and uh, got dropped off at this like, you know, old fisherman's hut in the middle of nowhere at the base of these mountains. And we had all the supplies we needed for two weeks. And, you know, I was like, I think both Jason and I, and we had a film crew with us, like we were all like frothing, you know, we were like, you know, surrounded by all these unexplored mountains and unskied lines and, and just, you know, we were just so excited. Um, and we got dropped off late in the afternoon and we couldn't help ourselves, but to go and try and, uh, try and ski a line. So we, you know, we put our skis on, started skinning up, you know, started skinning up this mountain and, you know, the conditions weren't great. It was like, it was pretty icy. Uh, the snow conditions were, were really bad actually. And, um, you know, it was cold. We, we sort of knew what we were doing wrong as we were going up, but just kind of did it anyway, because, uh, you know, we just, we were just so excited. Yeah. Well, I mean, when are you going to be like, back, you know? Yeah, you know, exactly. It was like, just like we needed to squeeze every moment of the trip and we had a little bit of daylight left. So let's go get it. And there was this one clear moment where, you know, I, I think, um, Jason and, and Andy, they, they kind of stopped and they were like, yeah, this is kind of not worth it. Like, should we turn around? And like, without even thinking, I mean, you know, the voice in the back of my head was like, you know, yes, you should turn around. But like, without even thinking, I was like, no way, like, let's get up to the top and see this thing. Like, let's go, let's go, let's go. So I charged the group up to the top. And uh, we finally just like just below the top, just below the top, we finally decided to rip and ski, rip our skins off and, and ski down. And, uh, you know, on the third turn, uh, I slipped out, my skis popped off, and I began careening down this mountain right towards this rock band with, you know, uh, a really steep, you know, 60 degree section on the other side of the rock band. Um, as soon as I fell, I dislocated my shoulder. I tried to put my whip it in, my shoulder popped out. As soon as I, I managed to use my my leg on a on a rock right before that sort of that drop off uh, to stop myself, I broke my leg in the process. And you know, I was bleeding and I was a complete mess. And it was uh, it was real. It got really real in that moment, like you know, in the middle of nowhere, Greenland in winter, 50, you know, 50 miles from the nearest village, high up on this, you know, really icy mountain. Uh, it, it was like one of those moments where I was like, wow, I'm in really, I'm in really big trouble right now. And, you know, I was fortunate to obviously have Jason with me, who's, you know, who's incredible. He's an incredible mountain partner uh, and, and, and the rest of the, the, the team. And over the next sort of six and a half to, I don't know, it was like six to eight hours. We managed to get me down uh, and I was basically sliding on my butt with, you know, my whippet, you know, my, my shoulder was dislocated the whole time. So using my whippet, just inching myself down the mountain uh, with my broken leg. I mean, I was a complete mess. I, you know, didn't want to take any pain meds because I was just worried, you know, that if I wasn't lucid enough, I, I might, you know, I might make a bad move and fall ended up taking some pain meds lower in the mountain, which really, really helped me Managed to get back down to the hut, get my shoulder back in Jason, Jason, uh, we used this sort of Nalgene, uh, Nalgene hanging from the wrist technique, uh, to just slowly sort of loosen up the, the muscles. Cause I mean, it was, it was like, you know, minus 30 degrees out. So everything was so tight. 
from having been, you know, in the cold for that long. Managed to get the shoulder back in, which was uh, really, really agonizing. And somehow managed to get a rescue out from the same guy who dropped us off from the same Greenlander who looked like uh, the mountain from, from Game of Thrones. He made, he came out and, you know, pulled up in his Toyota Helix again for the second time that day, you know, after driving over these two mountain ranges and frozen fjords. And the first thing he did was, uh, you know, he, he took out this bag that had all these syringes in it. And then he put, put some morphine in one of the syringes and he stabbed me right in the shoulder and he just kind of giggled. And he said, I've always wanted to do that. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, uh, you know, the next thing I know I was in this like little hospital and our little like, you know, clinic in, in Susumuit, you know, I think for me, the biggest lesson from that is, uh, obviously, you know, I'm not a professional, you know, while I've done this sort of semi-professionally, like I'm not a professional mountain athlete, you know, I, I, I have, uh, you know, a great ability to kind of jump in and out of these worlds where I'm like, you know, trying to compete at a high level in the mountains and then, or like, you know, do things at a high level in the mountains and then, and then like, you know, pursue, pursuing my career as well. And then also my family. And I think for me, that was a really defining moment, especially set to the backdrop of the fact that I was about to be a father. I, I just needed to be a little more realistic with, you know, with my own expectations of myself and with my own like understanding of my ability and like, and, and while I have these aspirations to always be better in all these different environments, like, I think I just kind of, you know, it was a moment for me where I was like, all right, like it's, it's, it's not just about me anymore. Like I really need to start playing it safe. And I, I really think that that moment just sort of redefined, you know, the way in which I assess risk and like the, the, the formula that now I approach to making decisions. And I'm kind of unwavering in that now. And it's and, and the formula has gotten more and more strict, the more kids I've had, like, you know, my risk tolerance has certainly diminished quite substantially, but, you know, I think that, in hindsight gave me, uh, it was a really good lesson for me in like helping me establish, you know, a, a set of tools to, to analyze the situation, to determine whether or not it's worth it. And, you know, that's kind of, uh, stuck with me ever since. So much I want to mention, uh, uh there, but holy cow, I did not expect a story that intense, man. That it was, was hardcore. That it was, was real. It was really hardcore. Oh my God. Yeah. Um, well, well, you you mentioned that risk assessment, and I can't tell you. Like, there's things unimaginable to me that I'm like, there's no way I'm never going to stop doing this. A couple kids in, it's like I have zero desire to do that ever again. Like, it's not even. I don't even want to. You know what I mean? It's not like a. It's like not a loss even to me. It's nope. I'm good. Never saw that coming. It's so true, man. I I came into this whole parenthood journey thinking to myself like you know, that I'm kind of immune to the, like, this is who I am. And like, this is what I love. This is what makes me come alive. So I can't imagine a world in which I'm not going to do that. Uh, you know, I think, you know, I want my kids to go and live their most alive lives, right? Like I want them to really pursue their passions. And, and if I'm not doing that, how are, how am I going to, you know, give them, how am I, how's that message going to come across? But I think, you know, that really changed in that moment. And then in subsequent, you know, experiences I had, but then now to the point where uh, I still will do things that are considered very risky, but not without a substantial amount of preparation and like with like a real focus. And if at any moment along the way, it doesn't feel good, I'm out. You know, I, I, I you know, I tried to set the speed record on Denali 
uh, back in 2019, uh, you know, with my daughter on the way, my son, my son here. And one of the things going into it was like, I need a partner for this because I'm not comfortable. Uh, I'm not comfortable roping up through, the, uh, going on rope through the lower glacier. And my partner had a, had a pretty big fall uh, just above Denali Pass. Really, really close call, I think was probably his Greenland moment. You know, he decided that he was, he was, he wasn't in for it anymore. And, you know, for me, it was, I was sort of set to the backdrop of six months of really intense training and, and hard focus on, on this objective. I kind of had set that rule for myself and going into it and that promise to my family. And, and as soon as, you know, he made that decision, my, my decision was made. Um, so, you know, we, I didn't end up going for the speed record. We did get to go and summit and, and ski some fun stuff, but like, you know, it was, it's, it's just a prime example of how, like, you know, my whole approach to this, you know, risk assessment, risk tolerance has, has really evolved. Um, yeah. So, so you're not setting speed records on Denali, but you still get to climb Denali. Like you, that's still there. That's still possible. So, um, and that's what I was, I, I was so surprised to hear you say how much your risk tolerance tolerance has come down yet. You're still doing these incredibly badass things that any of us would be thrilled to do. So within those confinements, you can still find plenty of adventure. It sounds like there's so much to do. And then there's this like whole new dynamic with kids where you get to experience, like introduce them to it as well and and have adventures with them. And like, that is, you know, mostly fulfilling. Sometimes there's some pain, pain associated with it, but like, that is a pretty fulfilling experience. Like when, when you, you know, when you see your kid, you know, feel great about themselves having climbed something or, you know, or, or just, you know, accomplishing something. It's a really, it's really cool to share your passions with, with your kids. And and so, you know, at what, while I've sort of definitely taken a step back, my, my ambitions to go, you know, fast and hard or, or do anything, you know, particularly dangerous have definitely subsided. Um, but it's been replaced by something that, you know, I find equally as fulfilling. And I'm also getting that thrill in other aspects of my life. Like I really, you know, you know, I think the whole, career and and as an entrepreneur is also giving me elements of that as well. So I think, you know, I've been able to balance it out pretty well, all things considered. Oh, that's awesome, man. And so, well, leading into that, there's obviously principles with Beat Monday that you can apply to any aspect of your life. What do you, what do you think the biggest lesson is, or one of them that you've learned and you've applied elsewhere? Cause, and I also want to say, I can't imagine the whiplash of coming off a mountain and hours later being, you know, changing a diaper, answering emails and just ha- having to <laughs> there process is all those like, I just want to be clear with anyone who's seen the series. We're not very productive uh, when we come back. <laughs> sometimes it's okay. But like, honestly, sometimes we just go to sleep. Um, so I, I don't want you guys to think that like we're like running into high level meetings after this all the time because we try and keep our schedules on Mondays light when we come back from these missions. Yeah, it, I will say though that the week the week always feels a little better when you when you have a, an adventure in your back pocket like that. You know, let me let me think about that question. You know, I, ultimately there's a lot of like I'm a really curious person and there's a lot of things I want to do in with my time on Earth and and there's a lot of things I'm interested in. And I, I just have just kind of come to the realization that like, if I'm ever going to get to experience all these things, I, I need to like create a framework, uh, you know, in terms of how I approach my life. And if, you know, I look at my calendar and I look at, you know, what I do every day and what I eat every day and what I drink every day and all these things. And like, I, I just assess it, whether or not it's, it's, 
it, whether or not it's getting me closer to the things I want to do. And I think that's really, uh, it's an ongoing journey. I don't have it figured out by any means. Um, but I really just try and, I really try and check in with myself uh, it, frequently to like see sort of how the overall picture looks and whether or not I'm moving towards these, you know, kind of clear goals that I've set for myself. And just think about like, you know, do the best I can to, uh, you know, optimize, you know, aspects of my life to, to, to sort of facilitate that. Now, I will also say, like, sometimes I like to just relax. Like, I, it's not always just trying to, like, perform at the highest level in all aspects of things. But, you know, I, I find it relaxing and enjoyable when, like, I'm able to, uh, you know, when I'm able to to do new things and experience new things. And, and so, uh, I think the formula to that is is to just really try and be disciplined and structured uh, and and just ask yourself the question, like, is what I'm doing in this moment getting me closer to my goals and getting me closer to the person I want to be? Um, you know, another useful another useful pointer, I would say, is like, you know, you really should do your best to to surround yourself with people who who inspire you and people who you look up to. and and you know, and and that's a hard thing to do sometimes. Uh, I think like, you know, we, you know, we, we create friends when we're younger in life and we sort of go on, you know, on our own paths and those paths are evolving and you have to really, uh, really think and be honest with yourself about your friendships and the people you surround yourself with, whether or not they're supporting you and, and your goals and whether or not, you know, you, you they're healthy influences on you, you know? So I think there, there's a lot of, there's a lot of elements to it. You know, I, I'm still trying to figure it out. Like I'm, trial and error constantly for me, uh, looking to gain an edge and in, in just the way I feel and, and, uh, and like, you know, the way I'm, I'm able to, you know, accomplish, you know, goals in various aspects of my life. I'm so glad you mentioned framework, uh, early in that answer. Yeah. That that's all adventure is. That's all I ever say is, you know, it's just framework for memories, for growth, for fulfillment. Um, that's all it is. It's not really the adventure. It's the framework that it gives you the space for all those things to grow within it. And and that's what I'm sure you've gotten a lot of feedback for with the Beat Monday series. Um, wh what is one of the coolest Beat Monday trips that you've heard about through either a fan or uh, one that you actually didn't do yourself, but someone else did because uh, they were a fan of Beat Monday? We're, well, well, I will say like, we're hearing, we're seeing a lot of folks go and do the, the, some of the missions that we've, we've done as well, which is awesome. You know, like literally the same thing you did, like the, the same ones. Oh, yeah. Cool. Yeah. The same ones. Yeah. There are, you know, there's this one guy uh, who I'm sure your audience knows, uh, Jason Hardraff. Oh yeah. He's one of our ambassadors. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Jason's King of FKTs, as he's known. Jason's gone and done all of ours and, and set the FKT on them, which is, which is really cool. And he's, it's, it's really cool to see him push the limits, uh, on things. And, and, uh, we've had, you know, man, we've had folks reach out about everything from, you know, I, I ran my first 5k this weekend and like, you know, the, the message in beat Monday really resonated with me. I started this training program and like, I ran my first 5k this weekend. And like, honestly, those, those, like, those are the types of things that, I think resonate with Jason and I more than like the guy, you know, like ultimately we're creating a TV show. So we're trying to push boundaries and like set up chances for, you know, failure, but like, it's not all about the ground and pound, you know, go crush yourself and, you know, show up. That's not really what the message is. You know, it's, it's really just about whether it's in the outdoors or whether it's completely unrelated, just holding yourself to a standard and, and, 
and, you know, structuring your life in a way that like that makes room for it. Um, and so anyone who reaches out, whether or not they went to Iceland for the weekend and just had an adventure or, you know, ran their first 5k, it's, it, these are the types of experiences that we hear from folks that are, that are really memorable. I'm, I'm curious, do you, do you find it challenging or, or a misconception with, with folks that watch Beat Monday or fans, um, of you that you have to maintain this like adventurous persona all the time, or this, you know, adrenaline junkie type person when maybe, maybe you're not always like that or not like that very often at all. Um, yeah, I, I think I like, per, like personally speaking, I've always really tried to have like a balanced approach to life. Like I've never like completely identified as, as like a mountain or mountain person or a climber person solely or, or as like a, you know, an entrepreneur solely or whatever. I, 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 that's just, I, it's just a funny concept that like we have to be all in on these one things and that we don't have curiosities that are driving us elsewhere. I am certainly in love with adventure and, and, uh, and the experiences that, that it provides. And, and so that, that's definitely real, but like, the truth is like, I have so many interests that are completely outside of that, that would, probably be kind of bizarre to hear for your audience, like for the audience, but like, you know, I, I play cello. I, uh, have a startup, you know, in the tech space, uh, my wife and I have a charity in Kenya. Like, you know, we, I, there's all these different things that I like to do. Uh, adventure just happens to be the one that we have a TV show around, but I, I'm certainly, uh, I really like to not sort of put myself into any one particular bucket as much as possible. Cause you know, that's just not really who I am. Ah. Love that, Mike. That's so cool. Loved, it. and you know what's cool? What I love about that too. My life's obviously not, you know, I've got similar buckets where things are just so different. There's really no overlap in those Venn diagrams, which to me, I find so refreshing. Because if I totally For just sure. bomb in one one day or one week, the other bucket might have done amazing. And you can kind of lean on that. You know what I'm saying? Totally, totally. And it's just the truth is, like, I don't think as humans, like we. Maybe some of us were put on this earth for one thing. Maybe like LeBron James was put on this earth for just being a basketball player. Although I think LeBron James would laugh in the face of that comment because he's so much more than that. Yeah, I mean, one of the things that has actually kind of bothered me about the adventure community and the climbing community a little bit over the years is just that like it, it is very sort of incestuous and like and you're kind of like you're either in and you're like, you adopt this persona and you're this person and you talk a certain way and you act a certain way and you do hardcore things or, and like you give up all these other ambitions or you're not. And that, that's always kind of bothered me. Cause like, you know, I, I, I feel like, uh, I know some folks who are really strong mountain athletes who are doctors and lawyers and who do, you know, all sorts of incredible things outside of it and haven't, haven't given up on their other passions and their other ambitions to commit to this lifestyle. Uh, that doesn't mean that they're not core or they're not good or that they're not, you know, uh, a part of the community. It just means that, you know, they have other curiosities. And I think what, like, you know, sometimes my challenge to the outdoor community would be like, we, we really sort of pride ourselves on being welcoming and, and, and sort of open arm, you know, open armed when it comes to this stuff. But I, I think, you know, uh, we could all be a little more open-minded to, to what it actually means to be a part of a community. You don't have to be necessarily the most hardcore. You don't have to be solely committed to being a climber in order to be accepted in the climbing community. I think that that, that is where I think we have a little room to grow, room, room for growth as a community. 
can't couldn't agree more. Couldn't agree more. Sometimes it's just so refreshing to unplug uh, from that community and jump solely into another one. Um, well, I tell you what, I, I'd love to ask one more Beat Monday question, then jump into a little rapid fire uh, where we can hear a little bit more about those curiosities. Tell us, tell us maybe one bucket list trip for Beat Monday, something that you think would be really amazing that that might be pushing the limits um, of what's possible in a weekend. And also, what is the future of Beat Monday? Tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, great questions. All right. So I would say the bucket list one is one that we've attempted, but we haven't completed successfully and only because of the weather. But we would really like to climb and climb and ski Cotopaxi from from uh, from Colorado a true weekend. Uh, a couple of years ago, we went down there and uh, if the weather was good, we were going to nail it. You know, like the, everything worked out, but we got crushed by weather and we actually didn't even leave the high hut. We left, we left the mountain and went to the, to the hot springs. That mountain is like, you know, what your kids would draw if you asked them to draw the perfect mountain. It oh is, yeah. It's beautiful. You know, it, it is just so, so beautiful. And uh, Ecuador is such a cool country. And to, the, the thought that you could go somewhere so far and do something so big in such a short period of time is, is, is really fun. I think. Uh, you know, every once in a while, not, not every weekend. Um, so that would probably be the, the, the big one that is still sort of, uh, you know, bothering, bothering me a little bit. And one that I'm, I'm hoping we can do at some point, um, in terms of the future of the series, you know, it's, it's, it, we're at a really interesting, uh, point right now. I think our goal for the series moving forward is to really bring other folks into the mix with us. Um, I think we, we really love going on adventures together and pushing ourselves, but not as much as we love helping other people realize their goals and helping other folks sort of, uh, you know, achieve their goals in the outdoors as well. So um, I think the future of Beat Monday will have a lot of special guests and different different types of experiences combined with, you know, some, some big epic adventures, maybe like the outdoor one or some other ones as well. And we'll we'll be doing another season next year as well. So that's that's coming up. And then we also have a bunch of new other things that we're going to be launching. You know, in the new year, we have a, a newsletter that we'll be uh, releasing on a weekly basis, as well as there's talks about a podcast as well. Um, but really, like the goal is my hope with the Beat Monday series is to really start to expand it beyond just the adventure audience and, and really start to speak to all folks who who have a desire to, you know, create a framework for their life that, that allows, you know, you know, all of their passions to thrive. Um, and that's, and that's really sort of my hope for where we take the, the, the series beyond and the concept beyond just, you know, the adventures that, that Jason and I do. That sounds awesome because beat Monday is, is a mindset more than it is those adventures. And we're all, sure. we're all in a boat to beat Monday, whether, like it really doesn't matter like what it is you do we all have a weekend or most of us have a weekend or most of us at least have you know our monday might be a wednesday or it might be you know totally the morning yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the, the the day shift um but we all have that monday to beat so that's actually really cool and i think those principles just apply across the board um that's exciting i'm excited to hear more about that but man i don't mean to keep you can we jump into rapid fire yeah let's let's do it for sure First of all, thank you so much for listening. It means the world to us that you choose to listen to this show. If you'd like to help us further, you can leave a review on iTunes, share us with your friends, your family. It goes a long way to grow in the show. 
You can also support us financially through patreon.com slash adventure sports podcast. Link is in the show notes. And also, if you have an idea of who could be a good guest for the show, we're always looking for people to tell their story uh, about the outdoors or adventure. So if you know someone, please reach out. Email us at info at adventuresportspodcast.com. And until then, get out there and have some fun.